0: Welcome to the new Dachshund of Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Dachshund of Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, we are so pleased you have joined us today for Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have, on, have you on board along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. Dr. Baria is an Associate Medical Director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for over six years and currently a provider at the WellMed at Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg. She has an interest in medicine that began really in her early years watching family and others practicing medicine she went to ross university school of medicine in portsmouth dominica where she earned her medical degree completed her residency and an OBGYN fellowship at saint mary hospital in hoboken new jersey dr barry is board certified in family medicine and when not caring for patients she likes spending time with family traveling and photography dr barry lives in tampa florida with her husband she's been married for some 22 years their teenage daughter And their beloved dogs. And Dr. Baria, as always, it's great to have you with us on Docs in a Pod. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, Ron. Thank you. It's so good to be back.
0: Well, we're delighted to have you. We missed you for the last uh, few programs, although the pinch hitters did a great job, but we love having you on as our co-host.
1: Thank you, Ron. So nice to have you
0: back. And we're going to talk about a topic that I know You spend time with many of your patients talking about diabetes and your diet. Dr. Horatio Aueros, who is with the Wellmett at 7th Street Clinic in Austin, is with us. He earned his medical degree from the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston in Galveston, Texas, completed his residency at Williamsport Family Practice in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Dr. Aueros is board certified in family medicine and Horatio, great to have you on Docs in a Pod.
2: Well, thank, thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: And I know practicing in, in Central and South Texas, as you do, and Dr. Bari in Florida, you see a lot of patients who have type 2 diabetes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's probably, it's, I mean, we see a lot of it in this part of the country, but it's really, it's really everywhere. And, and it's really growing at astronomical rates. So I I pulled up some interesting statistics. That's like uh, 30 million Americans uh, have diabetes now. Um, And it's about like 1.4 million Americans get diagnosed every year. It's just staggering.
0: Huge numbers. Why?
2: Well, um, in large part, it's genetics. But in even larger part, it's our diet. Diet and exercise has a lot to do with it. So uh, that's why it's important to have this conversation.
0: And when you talk about diet and exercise, let's begin first with diagnosis. Uh, There's type one used to be called juvenile diabetes. Type two used to be only adult onset, although I know we're seeing patients younger and younger with type two diabetes. What's the difference between one and two?
2: That's a great question. So uh, type one means that you have uh, a lack of insulin. Your body's just not making insulin anymore. And in children, it was seen most often. Uh, it was felt that you know the the pancreas that produces insulin is not functioning properly, uh, and so those children cannot produce insulin, and so they must really start using insulin pretty much day one of diagnosis, uh, and uh, that one is the one that just kind of happens; it just happens. Whereas type two is genetic, and type two can be either the type where uh, your body's not producing insulin. Or there may be a resistance. Your body may have insulin, but your body's just not seeing it right. It's not working right. Um and you could have actually a combination of both those where you're not producing enough and it's not working right. And that's type two, and like I said, that is genetic.
0: And for those who, who may not know, although we all think we do know, what does insulin do for us?
2: Well, that's a great question. So uh insulin basically helps that so we could the energy, the the glucose that we get from our food gets into our cells and gives our cells energy, nutrition, and basically feeds them. Hey, Ron, here's an example I use with my patients that I think is really neat. Um, I tell them, hey, imagine uh, you work in an office and you have a long hallway. And on the, along the hallway are offices where employees work. And those employees at lunchtime are very hungry. And so you this guy comes along with a tray of sandwiches, but he can't feed the sandwiches to the employees because the doors are locked. So you got to open up that door with a key. The key is insulin. Um in this case you don't have insulin, you don't have keys, you can't open the door, you can't feed the employees. And so basically the cells which are the employees are starving. Could be your brain cells, could be muscle, could be heart or eyes and they're starving. And so you got to be able to open up those doors and that's what insulin does. It opens up the doorway to allow those nutrients and that that sugar, that glucose, to get inside the cells and do it. Now
0: stay with me just a minute. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. Delighted to have her with us today. And our special guest, Dr. Horatio Aueros, who is with WellMed at 7th Street in Austin, We're talking about diabetes, and we'll get to your diet as well. So if I understand you correctly, Horatio, uh, you may have all the food running through your bloodstream, uh, but you can't take advantage of it without that insulin.
2: 100% right, Ron. So what ends up happening is that our patients with diabetes come in, and they're losing weight because they're not getting the energy from their food. They're just really tired and worn out. Um, the blood is full of sugar. That's why when you check someone's blood sugar, it's really high, but it's just not getting into where it needs to get into. Um, and so they're uh, having to try to dilute that blood. They're thirsty all the time. Of course, by drinking all that, that's going to make them pee a lot. So now you've got a patient who's peeing a lot. They're hungry because they're really not getting the nutrition they need. They're tired. They're losing weight. And so that's a pretty common picture with diabetes.
0: And once you make that diagnosis, You sit that patient down, you look them right in their beady brown eyes and talk about diet and exercise. What do you say to them?
2: (laughs) Well, that's also a really good question. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's really funny because my patients will be the first one to ask me, actually. Well, I'll say, you know, hey, Mr. Jones, sorry to tell you, you have diabetes. And they'll say, well, so what does that mean? What can I eat? So they actually address it with me first. They, They approach you with it. Which is a great question. They understand that that's an important detail with it. Um, so, you know, uh, we talk about the things that they should eat, things that they should not eat mostly and avoid. And I, I want to go in that in more detail. Um, uh, but, uh, I just wanted to, you know, say this about diet. It's just, it's such a big thing, Ron. And I wanted to mention this really interesting study that's been, it's kind of been going on for a long time. With a group of Native Americans, I'm sure Dr. Bari knows about this, it's the Pima Indians. Dr. Bari, are you familiar with that? Yes. Yeah, so the Pima Indians are a tribe of, of uh, Native Americans, uh, kind of in um, New Mexico, Arizona area, but half the tribe lives in, across the border in the Mexican side, and what's interesting is that these two groups of people with the same genetic pool uh, have very different lifestyles, and the ones in on the Mexican side very hardworking, grow their vegetables and stuff like that, and very isolated from, from modern society. And then the ones on the American side, of course, have all the modern conveniences. And what they found is that the ones on the Mexican side have a very, very little incidence of diabetes, and the ones on the American side have a very high, high incidence of diabetes, which really helped researchers confirm that diet and exercise by working in their fields uh, really is what wards off so you don't get diabetes and also helps protect you so your diabetes can be better controlled. So I think that's just a really interesting thing. And it's still studied today.
0: Well, some people worry, oh, you know, if I eat a lot of sugar, I'm going to get diabetes.
2: Well, let me say it this way. If you are prone to it, if you have a strong family history, as I do, uh, then eating a lot of sugar might end up, you know, what's the word? Expediting, I guess, you towards diabetes. Uh, Your body has a pancreas that makes insulin. And if you're exhausting that pancreas by eating all the wrong things, and eventually that pancreas kind of goes, that's it, I give up, I'm done, I'm not producing anymore.
1: You know, one of the interesting things about diet is that us as a society are very much into supersizing everything and not eating in moderation. So I think with my patients, one of the first conversations that I need to have in a newly diagnosed type 2 diabetic is, Don't limit and try to stop eating all the things that you enjoy eating at once, because then you're never going to do it. You have to do it in moderation. And that's the key. It's like telling somebody don't eat chocolate. And that's the first thing that they're going to reach for is because now you've planted the seed that they can't eat chocolate. So everywhere they look, everything that they're thinking about (laughs) has to do with that chocolate that they are not supposed to eat.
0: And so many chocolate's everywhere. <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Have you so, found
1: that, Horatio? Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so 100%. And so, uh, like you, well, here, here's the thing. I mean, there's a block of time, Dr. Barney, I'm sure you realize that. We say, hey, you have diabetes. It'd be great if you went to see a nutritionist or diabetes mm-hmm. educator. But there's that span of time between you tell them you have diabetes to where they see that specialist, but they don't know what to do. They're kind of just out there winging it, you know? So, yes. uh, that's when they say, well, what can I do? And you, and as a doctor, I think it's incumbent on us that we really need to give them yeah. some, some advice. Um, and the easiest thing is to say, I go, I go the same route as Dr. Barry. I say, well, tell me what your diet looks like. Tell me what you normally eat. Let's, let's walk you through that and see where we can make some adjustments so that we're not putting you on some diet that's so bizarre and foreign to you that you can't stick to it.
1: I've no. also had to find out what, I had a diabetic patient once that I sent to a nutritionist. And for her follow-up visit, I said, how did the visit go with the nutritionist? And she said, she told me to eat this green stuff that was asparagus. I don't know what asparagus is. And that was an eye-opening experience for me because I just took Mm -hmm. it for granted that everybody knew what asparagus was, you know. So you have to kind of meet the patient where they're at and try to figure out what's going on in their life and what their day-to-day diet looks like like you were saying and one of the other things that i tell my patients is don't think of it as a diet this is a lifestyle modification because this is something that people get tricked into thinking that they could do something for just a short amount of time and then go back to doing what they were doing before they were on the diet
0: well we know diets don't work long term
2: yeah i love that you guys said that that's exactly what i do too. I feel like these diets and look, some of the diets aren't bad, but it really is a real aberration from what you normally eat and do. And so to stick with it is really hard. You know, these keto diets and paleo diets and what that it's not that they're bad. It's just it takes a lot of effort and work to keep that up. So it's better to stick with something that you know and let's just modify it, you know? You
0: no, know, if people could afford it, wouldn't it be easier to have somebody just prepare all their meals? Say, here's what you has, ought to eat. We'll do the meals a, it's for a you.
2: preparing, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Like, it would be great. great. It would be wonderful. But, you know, of course, that's not realistic either.
0: All right, hold so. up. We're going to come right back to you. We're delighted to have you with us. We're talking about diabetes and your diet. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria, and our special guest today, Dr. Horatio Aueros, and he is at the Wilmot at 7th Street Clinic in Austin, Texas. You're listening To Docs in a Pod. Thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. And we're talking with Dr. Horatio Aueros, who is at the Wellman Clinic, 7th Street in Austin, Texas. And we're talking about diabetes and your diet. And you were mentioning to me, Dr. Aueros, that uh, there are three foods that you put on the beware of list.
2: Well, yeah. Okay. Because look, I mean, we just said that this is a disease of insulin and sugar. So, I mean, we tell, hey, you can't eat like, Sodas and candies and cookies—that's obvious, right? We know that. But then there's the ones that they go, well, there's some things that are, are starches that we may not realize because they may not be sweet that we need to avoid. And to make it easy for our patients, I call it the three white deaths. You know, and I think it's an easy way to think of it. It kind of sounds scary. And so the first one is, I say flour. I used to say bread, but then people go, "Oh, I don't eat that much bread." And you go, "Oh, really? Let's go through it. Do you eat hamburgers? Do you eat you know, Subway sandwiches? Do you eat hot dogs?" And so then you start thinking, well, let's add, you know, pizza, pizza dough. How about pasta? Whether it's, you know, Italian or mac and cheese, you know, that's all made with flour. That's the starch. That's going to drive your sugar up. So that's the first one I want to be careful of. Second one is rice, which can be really tough because for a lot of cultures, I mean, hey, I'm Mexican, so I like rice. But, you know, it is going to drive your sugar up. So we try to tell them, beware of that. You want to cut back as much as you as you can on that. Um and then the last one is potatoes white potatoes which is interesting because sweet potatoes even though they're sweet they have a lower glycemic content than white potatoes which is interesting and I usually try to tell them to stay away from potatoes as much as possible but if you're really dying for some french fries maybe the sweet potato fries might be a little bit better
0: and if you make them in an air fryer you avoid the fat
2: absolutely that's even better when I make me hungry but yeah
0: Now, as you take a look at your patients who uh, are newly diagnosed, uh, we started out by, you're suggesting it's not only diet, but it's exercise as well. Uh, How do you get folks off the couch?
2: That is a a tough one. So um, it doesn't have to be, you know, excessive exercise. I'm not saying go join a gym and get a membership and all that. It's really just maybe starting with walking. Um, Of course, if it's a nice day, go outside, walk, get some sunshine. Um, If it's not, you know, usually people have a treadmill, elliptical machine, or uh exercise bike, and you can do any of those things, and it's not a lot. You know, if you can just start with like 10 to 15 minutes a day, that's a good start, and you'll probably end up doing more as you, you know, get further along, Uh, but something as simple as that, and then what ends up happening is that you kind of get addicted to exercise after you do it for a while, and you stop having to almost remind yourself, you'll you'll feel the need to do it, and that's what you really are aiming for, is that kind of just, Automatic desire to want to get out there and exercise.
1: And, you know, Dr. Barrio,
2: things, go ahead, Audrey.
1: I was going to say that one of the things that I ask my patients uh, to motivate them to exercise is, especially if they have dogs, they can just take the dog for a walk. The dog needs the walk. So, you know, the two of you can go on a walk together. Or if you have multiple dogs, go together. And um That just gets the motive. Oh, yeah, I take my dog for a walk. Okay, well, then start increasing. If you're taking him for a 10-minute walk, make it 15 minutes the following week. Make it 20 minutes if if the dog can go that long with you, you know, or find a buddy. Find a friend that's going to hold you accountable to that walk because it's a lot easier to talk yourself out of something. But if you have to be accountable to somebody else, you don't want to disappoint that person. So you're going to go on that walk. Uh,
2: That's true.
0: And one of the goals, ultimately, uh, according to everything I read, is to try to get to thirty minutes a day for at least five days a week. Is that what you look for, Doctor Baria?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a great goal. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of patients that actually reach that goal, but we aim. You know.
2: Yeah, I think anything that they do is a win, and I kind of mm-hmm. just looking for a win. So. You can start with 10, 15 minutes a day. That's a, that's a great thing. I, I had a patient, it made me laugh because you know, he really didn't do any exercise. And then one day, I guess he decided to go out and, and mow his yard. <laughs> and he's uh, like, wow, you know, I went out and mowed my yard and suddenly my diabetes is so much better controlled. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's amazing how just some exercise, a little exertion yeah. will help, you know.
0: And as you look at your, your patient population, uh, can you change their way of eating over a long period, or do they fall back to their old habits?
2: I think they can change long-term. I mean, um, the bottom line is we've got to real- realize uh, that, you know, we're humans. We like to eat. We like food. And so as long as we can make it tasty and enjoyable, I think they can stick with it. And especially sticking with, you know, some of the foods in, in, in I can, I'm those so Mexican, you know, beans are great. I love black beans. You can have a lot of that. Fish, there's a lot of preparations that are a uh, Mexican-style fish, that's that's great, you know, and I'd love that. So you can find things that works with the food palette that they have so they enjoy their food. That that will increase their uh, odds of sticking with it.
0: So black beans rather than refried beans.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the refried beans are good, Ron, and maybe every uh-huh. now and then you get a little bit. <laughs> but you gotta Not all the time. Not all the they time. They sure taste good. Yes, sir. I love them, too.
0: <laughs> and as you take a look at the kind of choices, you mentioned the uh, three deadly white choices. Uh, mm-hmm. Carbohydrates is, is part of what I hear you saying.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's it's carbs, it's starches. Um, uh, but it's, uh, I try to put it in that way with the, the, the white carbs just because many times they're not sweet. And so patients don't immediately, immediately think, hey, that's a so sweet. I need to stay away from it. Because you know it's just bread, so you go. Oh, well, bread's not so. I can eat bread. Well, no, I and mean, you really, really shouldn't be eating that much bread because it will affect you.
0: And the other thing is salt uh, it shows up in a lot of products. Bread is another one. Is salt a concern for uh, those with diabetes, or just for those with heart problems?
2: Well, you know the thing is that those things end up going hand in hand. So if you have diabetes, the odds are you're going to have you know high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and it, potentially, most likely heart problems. So uh, you do need to watch the salt intake because you're headed that direction anyway. So it's a good idea to watch that.
0: And Dr. Barrio, what do you recommend?
1: Yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. I think that one of the biggest lessons that I've learned with treating my variety of patients is that if you make sure that they've got plenty of choices, that that's what makes it easier for them to go along with their diet and um not fall off the wagon, if you will, but if you try to limit the patient too much and they feel like they don't they can't enjoy their food the way they used to, or that it's so limiting that now, oh my God, my life is over, that's when they fall off the wagon so
2: yeah, choices that's, that's is where true. It's at. <clears throat> i I've had a patient almost all but throw her, her pill bottles at me and say, I'm fed up, I'm done with this, because she was so miserable with the diet and everything. And she says, I'm not enjoying life anymore. And so that's a fail. And I think that, you know, that's what we don't want. We don't want a fail. Any, any win is better than, than that. So even if you're not doing a full diet, but at least you're doing something that's better than that. How, how did you bring her around? Um, basically the same way. We said, well, let's, let's go through your diet. Take, take me through a day. And let me see what we can do. Maybe you can eat this and that'd be better. And, you know, uh, instead of eating, you know, breakfast tacos, you know, and you say, well, let's get rid of the tortillas and maybe just have the eggs. You can put a little pico de gallo on it, you know, and maybe some, uh, some spinach in there is usually pretty good. I like that in my eggs or maybe, you know, chop up a little bit of ham or something. So you get a little bit of that. And so you come up with ways to make it creative and still very, very tasty and enjoyable, you know, and that's how we did that for her.
1: Uh, Go ahead, Audrey. One of the things for um, newly diagnosed diabetics, they think that the way that they were living is completely over. And when I say that, what I'm talking about is people like to go out, they like doing the early bird specials and going to restaurants, especially because if it's a good restaurant and they could do the early bird special, then they're getting a great meal. So I said, you know what? I'm not saying don't go to your restaurant. But be a little bit more careful about what you're choosing to eat. Don't go for the fried foods and heavily sweetened desserts. And one of the other things which also works in favor for people who are trying to lose weight is ask them to give you half the portion when they bring the plate out to the table so that they've already boxed up the other half. You're not even seeing it. So your mind, you're kind of tricking your mind, but that's fine into thinking that what's on your plate is actually the portion that you were supposed to be served. So then you're not going to overeat.
0: That's a really good point. I've got a friend, uh, Dr. Robin Eickhoff, who used to co-host WellMed Radio with me, who when she goes out to eat, places her order and asks for a to-go box at the same Mm -hmm. time and does what you're Mm -hmm. suggesting, uh, dividing that meal up. Uh, I didn't realize, in fact, it makes a whole lot of sense. Just ask the restaurant to box up half of this Uh, And and that way, when the plate comes out, it looks like everything you're supposed to eat. That's a great idea.
2: I think the other thing I would say is that we know that patients, and gosh, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to have that little indulgence every now and then. And I I try not to beat up my patients over that, you know, because then (laughs) I think they're going to give up pretty quick if I'm just beating them up every time they tell me they, they snuck, you know, a piece of candy or something, you know. Uh, I had one uh, diabetes educator. I loved what she did. The patient came in and said, Hey, you know, it was my nephew's birthday. And so um, I had, you know, two cupcakes. They just looked really good. And I was really impressed with what she said. She goes, Okay, I get that. I understand they look good. And you wanted them, but why two? Why not just one? You know, <laughs> that's a really great thing. You know, was like, let's not beat her up. Let's maybe just rein that back in a little bit, you know.
0: Instead of two, maybe one cupcake.
2: Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not advocating for cupcakes and diabetics.
0: <laughs> well, we are, doing. we are flat out of time. Before we let you go, uh, any final piece of advice for those who've been diagnosed with diabetes?
2: Um, I would say that uh, it is important that you really, really get a grasp of your diet. You don't come in this planet knowing how to eat healthy. It's good to have somebody that is educated to help you with that. So, deal with a nutritionist or diabetes educator. And, uh, and really find something that works for you and stick with it.
0: Perfect. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. By the way, we're on podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcast, you can hear Docs in a Pod. Thank you very much to Dr. Horatio Aueros and to our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barria. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again soon. Executive producers for Docks in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docks in a Pod
1: with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.